Okay. Hey, hey, good, good Monday morning. Good morning to you. And I'm so excited today um, to be able to welcome people in to the beginning of 2021, helping people get on their journey and also sharing the most best. The best part of what we do is sharing truth and knowledge. I want to wish everyone all over the world a meaningful and productive new year. So come on in. We're going to bring 2021 in like we mean it. We're going to bring it in like a lion, like we mean it. Welcome to the Auspicious Wellness Optimal Wellness Podcast. Come on in here. You know exactly what I'm going to invite you to do. Take a virtual seat. I'm broadcasting live in a studio and you know what it is. We do not do ordinary, but I promise, I promise to bring you an extraordinary experience as we endeavor more and more into our truth as we go deeper and deeper to, into the auspicious wellness experience. My name is Debbie Smith-Torrance. I am your host. I'm a life and health coach. I'm a manufacturing cannabinoid molecules. You know what that means. Yes, we have a CBD company, which we own. <laughs> we have our own product line that is also trademarked. I'm an IT developer, a wife, a mother, and a grandmother, and I'm so passionate about those things. So I just want to tell you how you can tune in and find us. We are broadcasting live in studio on the Apple Podcast platform, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Alexa, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Deezer, Listen Note, Podbean, Overcast, My Word, Pocket Cast, Castro, Castbox, Podbean, Spreaker, Podfriend, Podcast Index, Player FM, and FFMPG. The reason why we say these things is to acknowledge to you all the different places and ways that you can access us. Just say, hey, I'd like to listen to Debbie Smith Torrance podcast, or I'd like to listen to Auspicious Wellness podcast. And so with that being said, wherever you are in the world, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, because people have been listening to us all over the world in seven different countries. We've been in India. We've been in um, Africa. We've been in the UK, France, England, Ireland. I mean, London, just everywhere. And I'm just so excited, United States. And I just want to thank, I just want to thank listeners from all over the world of coming in, giving us our time, giving us your time, downloading our actual podcast episodes and letting us know that we need to keep going. We need to keep devoting time, giving in time um, to, and it's, it feels good when you give your time. And so with that being said, <clears throat> it's time to dig in, dive in, drill down, take it all apart and put it all back together like a fine-tuned engine and make it all make sense. And the most important thing is going to be about being true to you because without you, we would not be here. And so come on in again. The invitation is extended and take a virtual seat. I'm going to give our disclaimer. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Our episode today is centered around a very special lady. Her name, our guest, our in-studio guest today is Tracy J. Edmonds. And Tracy actually has written a book. This book is called Wild Hair. I even just fell in love with the title. I really, really did. Um, Tracy is an authentic, uh, she's an authentic leader. She's a truth teller. She taps into her vulnerability power line and helps people understand how to be responsive and responsible in your journey in business. Okay. Tracy J. Edmonds pursued her wild hair book and she's been on this journey for two decades, just about 20 years. 
She gave up a comfortable career in senior leadership role at a Fortune 500 company to take a position in the organization that was more authentically her. The more, the more, the more eventually that she went in, she started to recognize that there were things that she wanted to do about continuing to tell her truth, being able to stay on her journey. And the more she walked in her journey, the more deeper it came to her, the more prolific it became that she was going to start TJE coaching and consulting as a coach, as a business coach. Okay. And so, and as a success coach. And so without further ado, I want to invite Tracy in. Hi, Tracy. How you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, you know what? I just, you know, after we got to know each other, I just knew that we needed to tell your story and get more people to know about your book, to give you more exposure than you already have about your book and more so to be able to tell your story because your story is true, is truthful to many and helping career women be able to climb the ladder, go to the next step because you, that's been your journey. That's been your truth. You've done this. So how did this, you know, if you can share with our audience where you are today how did this actually come about? Because I'm very sure that people are really going to want to hear it. It's going to resonate with a lot of women. We did do a series, and I want people to go back to that series. It's called Successful Women and Self-Love. After Tracy and I finished this, go back to Successful Women and Self-Love, um, which is in Season 1. We are now in Season 2. This is Episode 2 of Season 2. So I need you to go back to, ep- to Season 1. That's the season that is in. And all of what we shared today will ring truth. And you'll have a full picture of free coaching about self-love and success because all of it ties together. So with that being said, Tracy, you just got to share. The floor is yours. Come on, let's go. Thank you. Um, You know, I have to say, I didn't wake up thinking that I would be a business owner and that I would write a book. I started out in corporate America, gosh, over 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And my goal at that point was to just have a job, right? I was trying to figure out how to pay for my education. And I had no wild dreams about being a senior executive or where my career might take me. Mm -hmm. And like many women out there, I just worked hard every day. I kept putting one foot in front of the other and building a career over time. But what was interesting is, as I got into my career about 20 years in, I realized I did not love what I was doing. Mm. (laughs) And I think a lot of women do this, right? Mm -hmm. Where we get in, we got to make money, we got to feed the baby, we keep grinding it out, doing the work, making the money, but we forget about ourselves. That's true. And what we truly want. And it was about 20 years into that journey that I realized that I wasn't being true to myself. It was time for me to listen to my authentic voice and make a career change. That's right. I stayed with my company, but I pivoted in a total different direction. So I went from being a senior leader, leading an organization of over 300 employees, and went all the way back to being an individual contributor in a cubicle, starting my career in HR from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, I could not have been happier because this was really, truly an opportunity for self-love 
like you talk about. That's right. About being true to oneself and building from a place of what does my authentic voice tell me? What does my self-love tell me that I need to be doing with my life? And I began to build out again. And the next 10 years of my career were just fabulous. It culminated in an executive role serving as the chief diversity officer mm-hmm. at a Fortune 30 company. <laughs> and, yes. you know, even then, when you think you have success, there are moments where we're challenged to demonstrate that self-love, to demonstrate that authenticity. And that's really where my book from. Because I had a moment back in 2014, 2015, where I decided to make a transition from looking like the traditional, stereotypical executive, straight mm-hmm. hair, beautiful suit, playing the role, and I decided to rock my wild hair, to rock my natural hair. So I went from straight to curly. Mm-hmm. And that was a journey, but it was that moment, Deborah, when I, you know, really listened to my voice, pursued my wild hair, mm-hmm. that women were coming out of the woodwork to me saying, how did you do that? And it wasn't about how do you make a transition, right, from relaxed to natural. This was about how do you do you in a corporate environment. Exactly. (laughs) And that's where the book comes from. Well, you know, this is one of the, this is a beautiful time to have a book because of diversity, inclusion, um, all of these different things that are really going on around the world, even what's going on today. When we look at what has gone yeah. on in Washington, and when we look at that, I mean, when you and I talked, when Tracy and I were first talking about her doing a podcast, I didn't bring her on to do the podcast because everything that has happened, I brought her on before any of this happened, we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. It just shows you how God really works when it's time for you to do something. And he wants to use you as a vehicle to do something. All everything will come into play the way that he wants it to. And I, and I really, really had to stop and think about that this morning. And I said, all of these things that are going on, the world, America is on the world stage right now when it comes down to diversity, when it comes to inclusion. Mm-hmm. I mean, even to what our, what the cabinet will look, the new cabinet in the White House will look like, um, the diversity, women, and all, this is a, this is a pivotal moment in the, in United States history where I couldn't think of a better time for your book to hit the newsstands because it's all about that as well. Your story is about that. You know, your story, Mm -hmm. look at Kamala Harris, our vice president, being true to who she is and understanding, and even our president understanding that we need more inclusion for in diversity. And that's more so you coming from a place, a leadership role in diversity, the way that that plays together is, is, is moving to me. I just wanted to make that point, but I want you to keep going mm-hmm. because your story is beautiful. Could you just please, please keep going? <laughs> well, you know, I, I do want to take a moment and acknowledge the events of this week. Yes. Um, you know, seeing, you know, such insurrection on, on our capital is, mm-hmm. is mind blowing. And as I sat there with my family and we were watching the news, one of the things I shared with them, which comes directly out of my book, I have a chapter about this, is that change breeds opportunity. 
And we are in such a momentous time of change. That's right. And my hope is in seeing such egregious acts that happened at the Capitol, that this is truly an opportunity for government and the Republican Party in particular to take an opportunity to reinvent themselves. You know, when we have these moments in our lives and we see them where there's momentous change, we have an opportunity to step back and say, how can we be better? And that applies on a global level, like when we're talking about our government, but it also applies individually. It does. And a lot know- of times we hit roadblocks, right? Mm-hmm. And we see those as hurdles that we have to overcome, but also see them as opportunities for growth. Because change always exactly. brings opportunities. Exactly. Always. Exactly. What I say is just because you hit the glass ceiling does not mean you can't pass through. You might not pass through right. on the path that you were on. You may be on a completely different journey, which is what you pivoted to. It doesn't, but you take all of your experience and expertise with you, and that plays a role in self-development of where you're going, of what you need. Mm -hmm. All of the hits, the bumps, the lumps that you take, they come into play later on on the journey. And that's the way it was written. That's the way it was meant to be. Even all of the things that have gone on in Washington this week, all of the things that now we have to look at it. There's a new administration coming in. And with this new administration coming in, we have have had, now we have a chance to look at what's really going on and things that really need to be addressed. It's the time. Is that time now. And we're seeing that people, uh, leaders are ready to say, hey, look, no more of this. We need to really bring this to the forefront and we need to walk in our truth and we need to make sure what we say looks like our actions, that our actions are, we're accountable in our actions for what we're saying. We are backing up our, what we're saying with actionable choices and actual plan that we are doing this to include. So, so people can be included in pivotal roles in government. People can be included when they have a say without violence, that we have a better way to talk and speak to people and people can get their point across people. uh, The American people can now say, this is what we want in government. This is, this is what needs to have happened to have so many people immobilized to create history and counting votes, people to immobilize and creating history, young people stepping up to vote because they understand the role that history is going to play in their life and they have a voice and their voice is actionable. And that's kind of what I feel about you as well in the journey that you've been on and not only your journey, but the journey that you're willing to take other women on to help them get to their space and their place and journey on their journey, but not just get somewhere, but to be able to enact a leadership role of responsibility of what they want in life. And I really salute you right. for that. And I'm just going to give you the floor girl. Cause they need to hear from you some more. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, it, one of the things I would say, I mean, that's, we talking about a very big macro level issue. We talk about the change that needs to happen in government. Um, but we can drill that down for ourselves exactly. individually. Yes, ma'am. And when we think about the changes that are available in our own lives, 
I always like to talk to a model, and I call it the 4S model. When we have difficult times in our lives, and I'll give you an example of how this happened for me, mm -hmm. we have to, first of all, find the fear, right? What are we afraid of, and how mm -hmm. do we move towards that? Because that's where the gold is. When we understand and unpack what we're feel fearful of, that's where we see our maximum growth. Right. We have to facilitate that change and not fight it. It's so easy to hang on to what we've always known, what we've always done. But that's not where the growth lies. So we have to find that fear, facilitate and not fight it. Then we have to focus on the big picture. So often we get caught up in the loss. We get very myopic about change. And we think only of what we're losing instead of the bigger picture of what we can gain. And then really fine-tuning the value and the authenticity that we bring to the table of what the possibilities are. And so let me talk a little bit about that. You know, at a point in my career, I accepted a role that I absolutely hated. Okay. And the reason for that was I had spent two years working on a project. I had gone into that project with the understanding that after the two years, I would have to find a new job opportunity. Mm -hmm. So when a job came up, it wasn't exactly what I wanted, but like I always tell ladies, the babies had to eat, right? <laughs> so I got to feed the babies. I was, I was the breadwinner in my family. My husband and I have a great relationship, and he really focused on being at home, helping to raise our kids full time while I grew my career. And so it was my job to find the next opportunity. I took that role against my inner authentic voice. <laughs> I was thinking small. You know, thinking, I have to take this job, totally forgetting the fact that I had capabilities to find other jobs that better suited my skill set, totally threw that out the door. I was walking, working from a place of fear. Okay. And I took that role, hated it, absolutely hated it. And we had an opportunity to, as often happens in corporate America, rethink our organization because we needed to cut some of the costs out. And so instead of saying, hey, you can eliminate my role and freeing myself to go on and find other opportunities, I made up all kinds of bogus reasons why my job needed to set. <laughs> yes. And eventually, during the course of the conversation as a team, someone spoke up and raised the elephant in the room and said, hey, you know what? I think Tracy's role and function could be collapsed with another one. And that was my opportunity, Deborah. I said, absolutely. It. And I could eliminate my job, you could combine my organization with another, and I would be freed up. And when I leaned into the fear of it and said, I'm afraid that I am not enough, that's what it really was. And that I didn't have the skill set or the capabilities or enough to go find the next opportunity. Well, the thing When I faced that fear, it, everything changed. And you know what? And the, the thing is, we have to lean in. Like you just said, and if we mm -hmm. want change, we have to lean into socioeconomic change. We have to be able to be responsive on a level, responsible on a level of who we are as self. You can't go running, you know, many of us talk about change and what you did was socioeconomic change. And, and you really, and really what, like when people are immobilizing the way that they are now, and more people are stepping into entrepreneurship and they're tapping into what they're really great at, what they're good at, what they contribute to, then we start to see social economic changes. And we don't just see them 
um, as this just changed. It's economic. And we can either look at social, uh, social societies that progress. We can either progress, we can become stagnant, or we can regress. We can do one of those things, and we could look at it as a regional economy or a global economy. And what's really happening when we look at it all together, people are immobilizing in different ways, but it's all, and everybody's contributing, but what it's all doing is, is becoming a global impact because everybody all over the world is saying, we want change now. We want change, mm-hmm. and, pe- and people are, like yourself, they're stepping up to the change, and I salute you, and I applaud you, and I love what you're doing. I just want you to keep going with this story because your story is so true and the audience can listen to a point of view and that became actionable that someone just said, I'm going to step out and I'm going to do me. And it, it became wild hair. And so it's a beautiful title, but it's more to it than just the title is what you did that makes wild hair so beautiful. So without giving everything away, what else do you want to share on this journey? Because I'm loving it. Keep going, sister girl. <laughs> you know, um, you're right about the title. I mean, it's a catchy title. It, it's based on, like I said, that true transition from straight to more wild hair. But the reality is we have many wild hair moments in our lives. Mm-hmm. And wild hair moments are really those moments when we come to the intersection of a crossroads. And there's a path that we can take that is built upon our authentic voice. And many times it's a more difficult path, or at least we believe it is. And then there's the other path, which is traditionally what most people do, or it's the easier route, or it's the route that allows me to be more accepted Mm -hmm. and for me to fit in and not stand out as somehow different. And I had many of those in my career and women have them all the time where they come to this point and there's a decision to make and we know what our voice inside is telling us, but we've gotten so good at listening to what others want from us. Sometimes that's our family, the people we love. Sometimes that's our job. Sometimes that's society. And we buy into that and we push that voice down. And we become so good at putting, pushing that voice down that many times we no longer hear it. Yeah. And so tapping into authenticity really comes down to four principles. And when I coach women, I always make sure we're dealing with these four areas. We're dealing with self-honesty because we can't be authentic unless we're honest with ourselves in That's terms right. of what we want, where we want to go, what we believe about ourselves, the good and the bad of that, right? Our strengths, our weaknesses, honesty. The next piece is the courage, the courage to take what that honesty tells us about ourselves and to do something. That's what you get upon. It's not about just having a wild hair. A wild hair doesn't mean a thing. That's right. Until you do something about it. Mm-hmm. Next is the confidence to believe that this action that I'm taking is what's right for me. And when it gets challenging, I'm going to stay grounded in my strength. And I'm going to believe in myself and keep moving forward. And the last principle that I really, really make sure that all of the women I coach are grounded in is resilience. That's right. Because it's not easy. You didn't build your wealth, your success, your podcast 
with just one stroke of a pen, did you get? No, no, it no. was resilient. Girl, it was worse. Yes. And it, so, it, those are the four principles that are core to having an authentic career and life. Exactly. And and you know, I just want to share something. Um, when we coach, sometimes we coach and we don't even know we're going to coach. Is that right, Tracy? Right. Sometimes. Yes, ma'am. We can be minding our business <laughs> to the most. I got a phone. I want you to, because I know, I just want to share this. This is, I don't care if we go over an hour. It doesn't matter. You know, this is our platform. Don't matter. I um, I got a phone call. And no, I got a text from someone. I just, I just want you to share. I'm going to share something and then I want you to share something and what we, what, what it looks like on the coaching side and how do we get people to go from A to B to C to have a breakthrough in probably one hour and it's doable, but you got, you have to want to do it. You have to be true to yourself. So I have a particular person that calls me, but they call me when they want information and, um, this is a coach. It's, it's a it's a it's a health coach, and she calls me when she wants information. And she knew that um, I had gotten into uh, some other areas of development for the business, but it wasn't in coaching. It, it's not. It's not in coaching. It's about contracting, government, state, and city, federal. I mean, state, city, federal contracting. And um, but and so she says, well, the reason why. Um, I wasn't prepared for what she said to me. And she said to me, the reason why you're doing so good is because you became certified. I said, excuse me. <laughs> so I said, wait a minute, hold on. And I had, and, and so I knew whenever she calls me, she's calling me for information because she wants to get into that journey. And I said, and, and I made her have a breakthrough moment. I said, first of all, I'm not even doing what you're doing, I'm not doing coaching. That's not what I'm doing. When you're working with federal, state, and city, you have to have a product or a service that they can use. That's point blank. And coaching is not part of that, period. I coach because I want to coach. It has nothing to do with that. I said, so secondly, let me explain something to you. Don't look at what I'm doing. You need to follow your journey. You need to find your journey. Every time I talk to you, you call me, you're taking notes, but... I know you're taking notes. I've always known you have, but I tell you what I want to share with you. That's what I do. You don't have to call me and pump me for information to get coaching because I'm coaching you about yourself. You have to be true to who you are. If you want people to be, if you want to be true and come off as a real coach, it can't be about what the next coach is doing. It has to be about what you're doing. You've got to be ready to stand up for what you believe in and be your best self and walk in your own truth and being able to relate to people because they'll know that. Don't call me and talk to me like that. And don't say that because that's not the way that it is. And she says, oh, well, I better find something else. to. Uh, I better stop and not think about this certification. I said, no, it's not about you not thinking about that certification. It's about you trying to figure out what you want to be certified in. Don't look at what I'm doing because what I'm doing is not what you think I'm doing. So you have to figure out how and what it is that you want to do as a coach. How do you want to come off and being authentic as a coach where you really come across to people in a real honest 
way where you really and you need to be more humanized about the way you come off to people and not being commercial about coaching. Coaching is not commercial, it's humanized. And when, you know, this is what I was thinking, how many times have you had to deal with something like that? You're coaching out of a, and then you have to also catch yourself because you know that you cannot step out of line, even though your feelings are hurt, but you still have to stay in the mode of being professional, especially when you're coaching a a sister coach, a brother coach. You, you know, you can't beat them up, but you have to get them to understand don't hurt our profession by copying. Stay true to what you want to do and don't look for information in a way that you feel that this person really doesn't understand or know what you're doing. This I'm talking to you because I want to help you and I'm not charging you for coaching. I'm trying to help you, but you're not getting away with it. I'm truly coming from the bottom of my heart because when God blesses you with something, it's not just for you. How many times have you had to just do that on the spur to get someone to come to be authentic in what they're doing so they could pass through to the next level and have to catch yourself all at the same time. That happened this morning. <laughs> so Wow. I know. <laughs> you know, what I think you're giving um, your listeners a glimpse of is what I like to call truth telling. You know, um, a lot of times we get these opportunities to mentor or coach that are spontaneous. They're in the moment, like what you have. Yes. And what I think really kind of transitions people from listening to truly authentically listening and being their authentic self is when we step into the world of truth self. And I dedicate a chapter of my book to this because in your life and especially in your career, it's important to have mentors, people who are there for you, much like this individual is trying to do, happen to you for your knowledge. But where we move from just transferring knowledge to really investing in the individual is when we allow ourselves to be truth tellers. And that's the gift that you gave this individual is truth telling. And truth telling, like you said, always comes from a place of really trying to make that person better. I mean, we've all had mentors in our lives. I can think about a great mentor I had in the area of finance. And she spent time with me on a regular basis really downloading information on how to read the finance. And she was great at that. But some of the best people that I've had in my life have been the truth tellers who yes. not only relayed information, but they gave me that nugget that caused me to self-reflect. They caused me to think, how could I be a better me? And so... While this individual was calling under the guise of certification and how could she walk your path? Exactly. What you gave her was the opportunity to reflect on her own path and what that path could look like for her. And so those truth tellers are invaluable. And what I would say to your listeners, especially to women and minorities, because very often we find ourselves in positions where we don't see other people like us. And we're cutting a path for ourselves. And we're the first, or we're the only, or one of very few. And what we're often missing to allow us to elevate to the next level is a truth tell. Yes. It's someone who is going to come to you, keep it 100, keep it real, both about what your challenges are, 
but also about what the opportunities are. Because many times we can't see it for ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. What we are trying to say today is that if you see, if you're on your journey and you see that you may be stuck or you may become stagnant or you just really just know that there's something through but there for you, but you just can't get that breakthrough. Don't try to kind of break through. Just be 100% about I'm stagnant. What do I do next? Mm-hmm. Because people will pour more into you if you come that way rather than to be able to feel like, you know, I'm going to get this information out of this individual and I know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to start the story off this way and I'm going to go this way and take them that way. Mm-hmm. And by the time I get through it, I'm getting everything I need. Why not? Don't you know that this person already knows that's what you're doing? They already know. Right. And so you can't, I, I don't like to, to cuss, but you can't tell me, um, that is raining and you're pouring piss on top of my head. That's not the way right. that you coach or you get information. That's not how you do it. You do it with people by being truthful, being honest, setting down, creating a sister circle. I don't care what it takes. You know what I'm saying? A sister circle in coaching. You, 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 you become true yep. about it. And I don't care. Um, a lot of people go out and buy all these coaching courses and stuff like that, but you still have to find a way for those coaching courses to resonate to who you are and for you to bring it across in a way that the, that whoever you're coaching has value and they get value. And I know that's what you give, Tracy. You give value. And anyone listening to the both of us right now know that we're passionate about what we're doing. Because if we weren't, we wouldn't be here. If you weren't, you wouldn't have written this book about wild hair. If you know about you in the wild, it's not just the book. It's about what you went through and you're willing to share what you went through. You're, you're willing to be transparent about what you went through to get you from A to B to C. And not only that, you're still on the journey, right? Right. Yeah, you know, that's a great point because there's a couple things. One is what what you're talking about in this interaction, too, is that foundational principle that I mentioned about self-honesty. That's right. And when people don't come into um, a coaching relationship or a mentoring relationship with self-honesty, then we're building on a foundation of lies, really. Exactly, and it's going to collapse. Really, it's going to collapse. You really have to know yourself, be honest with yourself, and come into those opportunities of learning from a place of this is what I bring to the table and this is what I want to absorb from others. And when you bring that truth and self-honesty, then others are willing to pour into you. Exactly. You know, you're going to find a truth teller that's going to help you keep it real and advance. So that's a critical point, too. Um, but also what I think you're offering to your listeners too is this conversation around being vulnerable because to be self-honest and to come into a dialogue to seek information from someone requires a level of vulnerability. Yes. To be willing to say, I don't know, or I'm not the best at this, or I've had some bumps along the way and I'm here to absorb and take in and learn and grow and develop. That vulnerability piece is extremely powerful. It is. And I want to share a story with your listeners about this because, you know, I grew up in um, a family that on the outside probably looked like a very traditional 
cohesive, happy family. My mom and dad were together until their death. Um, I have two younger brothers. We had a great home. Um, I went to private school. Life on the outside looked great. But what people didn't realize on the inside is both my parents were alcoholics. And at any given moment in time, they struggled with raising a family of three children. They struggled with keeping their marriage together. And my father would often tell us when he was drunk and in a rage that what happens at home stays at So I grew up in an environment where to allow people to know who I really was was forbidden in many ways. You know, we keep it to ourselves. And I think that's especially true for women and minorities because when we're in especially corporate environments, we're usually the only or one of few. So our story is unique to us and we don't see anybody around us who can validate that our story is valuable and that it doesn't take us... um, so different that we can't fit in. So I spent many years of my career kind of keeping this who I am inside versus who I am to the rest of the world very separate. Mm-hmm. And I stepped into a leadership role and I had a woman who was struggling with alcoholism in right. the department. Mm-hmm. And her manager was really trying to work with her, but this young woman was having so many difficulties that it was coming to a point where we were probably going to have to fire her. Wow. And I got a wild hair. Again, a wild hair moment. Way before I even knew anything about the book girl, wild hair moment. I said, bring her in to talk to me. She came in and she sat down across from me. Now, she had never admitted that she was drinking, but she was belligerent. We could smell alcohol on her. Her actions were clearly kind of telling us that there were some problems underneath. And when I sit down across from her, Deborah, I didn't know what I was going to do. But before I knew it, I was explaining to her, I'm a child of alcoholics. Oh, yes. And let me tell you how that is. And she had a 15-year-old son. And I was expressing to her how difficult it was to be a teenager growing up in a home where the parents often needed me to be the adult. And somehow I her. she began to cry. She was in disbelief. And sharing that story was not about, you know, hey, look at my journey. It was about how do I help her? Exactly. How do I connect with her on a level that helps her to see the challenges she's facing can be resolved and she can move forward? So, you know, the long and short of that is we did get help for this wonderful employee and she turned it out, turned out to be great going forward. But what I felt from releasing that, mm-hmm. From being true to myself oh, yes. was extremely powerful because now I was walking fully in my truth. Exactly. And now I wasn't cutting off a part of myself that I had deemed inaccessible. Mm-hmm. I was cutting off a wealth of experiences, knowledge, pain, things that I could pass forward to other women and men alike to help them be better in their journey. Exactly. And, and so by doing that, I realized, whoa. I have so much to draw upon to help people be their best self. You have a gift. And so that's extremely powerful. <laughs> that's that right there. It's like being able to, when, you know, all of us have a story. All of us have a story that right. makes us who we and are. And you must tell it. And you have to tell the story. I mean, I've been, you know, I'm going to give the audience a little bit. I never really share a lot about me. And I think what you just shared was so beautiful. It was so 
authentic and it was real and it's authentically you. And when a person can be, when you sit, when we sit down and coach, don't think we don't know that you, you may have gone through something. You haven't had the breakthrough yet because we've been through something ourselves a lot. A lot of coaches have been through hell and back. So we can really resonate with you. If I tell people my story, they wouldn't even believe it in the first place. They think it was a movie. (laughs) I'm trying to tell you. (laughs) And so to find out one day, you know, you, one day a person opens a door and you're looking at yourself and to find out that Mm -hmm. you were born a twin and never told about that you had a twin Mm -hmm. and you open up the door and you look at this person and you almost have a a mental meltdown, but you're trying to compose yourself and have it together. My twin sister was introduced to me as, as my cousin. And the moment I seen her, I said, this is bullshit. It's some shit. Somebody's not telling me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to process it. I don't know how to, I don't know how to take it. And I had to stomach it because my mother would not let me. um, She didn't want me to go down that path. Then I had to finally figure out after that, that my mother was really my auntie and not my mother. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And not, and not getting any help for it. Not no one really talking to me. How are you processing this? How are you, what does this look like internally for you? And then, um, you know, Understanding that when I grew up, it wasn't that easy. I was on my own at 15 for no reason of my own. It wasn't something I did. It wasn't something, you know, at all. It was from dysfunction. You know, we started out as the Cleavers, went to Catholic school. We did all those things. Mm -hmm. And then our father died. When our father died, our whole world turned inside out and upside down. We went to school with the, the Catholic schools, the nuns and everything. And so every, but one thing we stuck to was tradition to this very day in my family, we have tradition, but to understand how the demise of a family after, after, because at that time, um, how the breadwinner of the home was and mother being a homemaker and how she really, it just changed her and having to deal with all the struggles and not even understanding, no one even preparing you that you're going to change, turn into a woman as a teenager. You're going to have a menstruation. I even, and not even telling anyone that you're having one. I was had menstruations for what, three or four years before anybody even, even asked me, was I having one? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I hid it. And so even I have an administration I felt was shameful. And so, because I didn't know, so it's not like we don't understand. We all have a story, but this story about one day finding out your identity, your life is a lie to people. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I, it, it just, it, it just was un, it was surreal to me. It was like a movie that really, really wasn't real. And to, and so to develop all this stuff and some people will say, well, I thought you told me you were from here. Well, I was, I, I lived in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I thought you told me you were uh, born in Michigan. Well, well, on my birth certificate, I was, and then I found out I was adopted and I get down to the truth to find out that I was really born in Indiana. Then I get down to the truth. And, and I mean, it's not like, like I made it up. And then years later, you go to the social security office because you're getting married or you, you need to get your records in place. And then even the people at the social security office was like, hold on. They thought I was a criminal. They went in the back, they checked the background and they said, you didn't become a person to 1972. <laughs> so we know, you. <laughs> we know you as Deborah. <laughs> That's what we know you as. And 
you're having to get all your records changed over and all the emotion that went with it. So we all have a story and some of the stories I'm not prepared to tell. I'm going to write my book and it really is going to be mm-hmm. like a movie is, is a not real book. It's so deep that my sister has to write her book, which will be the second part of the story because it's so deep and to find those things out and try to rebuild a life with a twin that you never got a chance to have. Um, it's deep. It's so deep. And then being on your own and everyone writing you off. And I was so angry because I didn't feel that I, w- I should have been sent away at 15. I, you know, well, 14, I didn't think I should have been sent mm-hmm. away. And so what I did is I built a life of my own and I was, I got really good at it. And no one in my family heard from me again until I was 21. And when I was 21, I transformed to, they couldn't believe it. She's a woman now. She's not a girl anymore. You know, when they saw me, you know, and God blessed me and put people in my life that helped me and helped me through the pain, helped me through feeling rejected, helped me uh, through feeling thrown away, um, learning how not to be angry at life, learning how to deal with some things without just lashing out and just, you know, people, you know, and people trying to destroy you because you walk into a room or because you're really attractive Mm -hmm. and you walk in the room and women getting angry because you walked in a room. Well, I tell you what, If you think you're getting angry or you treating me this kind of way is going to break me, baby, I've been through so much more. So I'm good for the wear. Bring it on because what you're doing, you're operating in fear. Bring it on. I'll be your sounding board. I'll be whatever you need me to be. Okay. If you want to gaslight, do that. And hopefully this is going to help you. And I'm still going to smile at you at the end of the day because God doesn't put you in any situations that you can't handle. He puts you in those situations to teach you how to handle situations. And this is what we've got to teach people. We got to teach people how to be truthful about who you are, how to stay in your truth, Mm -hmm. how to stop gaslighting people, how to really, 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 or if we want our world to become a better place, we have to become better people, period. And this is the, this is the most important time for us to tap into becoming better people, treating people the way we want to be treated and going that extra mile. Cause it's not going to hurt you to help someone. And that's one of the things that I love about what you're doing. I, I love what you're doing. I love your message. I want you to tell people about how to find your book. I want you to tell people about how to find you. I want you to tell people the name of your website. If you want to give people an email or a phone number, I want you to tell people how to get Tracy's coaching. How can I tap into her coaching business, which is called TJE Coaching and Consulting, right here in Indiana? How can I tap into Tracy? And you don't need to live in Indiana to tap into Tracy's coaching because we have this thing out in the world that has gotten so big called virtual. virtual. We've gone virtual. So, Tracy, how, yes, ma'am. how to, just tell us how to get this book. When does this book release? Um. Yeah. Well, let me, first of all, thank you for sharing your story. And, you know, our journeys become our stories and they can be transformative. And the fact that you shared that and unpacked that, I already know is going to do wonders for some other woman that's listening to your podcast right now. So thank you for doing that. Because I know that was unplanned and it was on your heart. And so 
that's valuable. You know, our stories, our journeys are our stories. And exactly. I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in telling stories. Um, they're so empowering for people. And I love how you dealt with honesty when it was thrust upon you. Because that's the foundation of building our authentic life. And pieces of honesty were missing in your life. And when they popped up, you had to process that with courage and confidence and resilience to invent yourself and continue to grow and develop. So I think that's a phenomenal story that there's so many lessons that we can all draw upon in terms of being our authentic self. Um, Thank thank you for the opportunity to share. Um, I can be reached um, on my website at TracyJEdmonds.com. So that's Tracy C-Y and Edmonds, E-D-M-O-N-D-S. On any page of my website, you can scroll to the bottom and put in your email address, and that's how we can stay connected. You can almost you can also email me at Tracy J at TracyJEdmonds.com. The book goes on sale um, on the second of February, and I'll be communicating about that. You'll see me on LinkedIn. You'll see me on some other social media as well. Um, but just super excited to get it out there and it's the hands of other women, so that they can build the authentic careers and lives that they love. And thank you, Tracy. Another thing we want to share with our listeners is that. Um, Tracy and I share a lot of the same passions and she, she does success coaching and career coaching. I do life coaching and health coaching. So they're two different, three, they're different type of coachings, but a person mm-hmm. may, we talked about, let's talk about this, Tracy. We talked about self-love and the career woman. And we had a little conversation before the phone call. If I'm coaching someone and they need to, they, they're doing well in the life and the health. And so then that transition over to coaching, I'm going to send you over to Tracy. If Tracy's mm-hmm. coaching someone and they, they, they're stuck and they become stagnant and we need to do something about synergy in terms of balancing their life with self-love, where about eating healthy and learning to eat, because that's the number one pillar. That's one of the, that's one of the pillars to success is health. Okay, and mm-hmm. when she doesn't do health, she'll send you to me to be to help you get that piece together, and then you go back to her to keep continuing on the coaching and the career breakthrough that you need. And it's going to take a lot of that with all of us as coaches to understand working together to help people in dif- different niches to help them create synergy and balance in their lives so that they can be successful in all areas of their life and recognize what your triggers are. Okay, so say for instance you have a bad day at work and you go home from work and you start eating up everything in sight and you just really start to binge. It really wasn't because you were hungry. It was because of what happened at work. So Tracy teaches you how to be able to unmask what's really happening to you and why you're eating this way. Okay, but then you've gotten into a point where you've got this weight on you because you've been doing it all the time. So then you come over to me and we start helping you to create healthy eating habits, habit change and teaching you how to move the needle to become healthier, to help you, you know, not be at risk for diabetes and hypertension and things of of that nature and other things as well. And we start to teach you the benefit of eating healthy and also the benefit of being healthy to be able to reach your career goals and aspirations. And so that's what really, really happens. And that's what we want to see happen. 
And so I'm just so thankful and I want to have Tracy come back so we could talk about how the book is going <laughs> and try to get more, you know, yeah. bring more awareness about your book. This one time, even though we're all over the world, but I just think I want to get you back here again. <laughs> so I, think I would love that opportunity. All right. You know, and maybe we can talk more about a holistic approach. Just like you said, it, it, there's a lot of components. I mean, we can talk about what it takes to be successful in career, but as Deborah mentioned, it is bigger than that. We have to start with a place of self-care and how we're caring for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's often um, what leads a lot of women my way is because their careers have become stagnant. And I can help them with the tools to be a better leader, to accelerate their career, to resolve some of the challenges that they may have and how they show up at work. But at the end, this core of who you are and how you're caring for yourself becomes a critical component as well. Because sustainability of having the career and life you want comes with multiple components. And that includes your emotional health and your physical health, in addition to the skills and attributes that you develop when you're leading in your life. Exactly. And that's the most important part, having synergy, having balance, understanding what your triggers are, understanding how to really overcome those triggers in a productive way that's going to actually be something that is is actually customized for you, for you to be able to become healthy in the aspect of accelerating your career goals and what it's going to take to get you there, but not only get there, but stay there and continue to excel and to continue to stay on your journey. All of these are critical components of what you need and what you, it, even if you're a man, these are all critical components because sometimes people, they don't even know when they're just out of control and they're burning out. They're out of control when it's, and they're not, they don't understand and they're not equipped to deal with problems. And so they, they start to burn Absolutely. out of control. You know what I'm saying? So they, they start making all the wrong choices, doing all the wrong things, and they start to, you know, really come apart at the seams. And so you don't want to have to start that to happen because you're, you, you really don't have all the tools you need. You got there, but you don't have the tools that you need to keep you there. And that's where we come in. Mm-hmm. At. That's, where, that's where success coaching comes in. Health coaching comes in. What's making you feel this way? And why do you have a tendency to do this? Why is this a trigger? But we help you to figure out why it is. We help you to see beyond a shadow of a doubt that you know the reason, but you just have to get it out of you. It's in your subconscious mind. How do we bring it to your conscious mind? How do we help you to just come to the next level so that you don't do these things, so that you continue to walk in your path? And that's what that's what we're here for. That's what we talk. That's what we talk about. And it's not about um, for me, if, if I knew all the things that I'm doing today that I was going to be doing it, it when I was 15, I would have told people, oh, wow, this 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 fortune teller is just a, just selling stuff. They, this person is not really a real <laughs> fortune teller. But when you get on the journey in life and you know you got to go through something to get somewhere, when you know that you've been through something to get somewhere, but it, it's, it's about we don't always need to hide everything and feel shame and, and experience the fear if that a person know that I went through this in my life, they might not look at me the same. Well, they might even have a lot more respect for you if you're telling the truth. They'll have a lot more respect that how you got yourself here. I remember standing on a corner corner 
Tracy, I remember this, standing on the corner and saying, um, when I was a kid, and I'm standing on the corner, and I got to learn how to catch the bus all over Chicago by myself. When, mm-hmm. when, when I was uh, 15, or when, well, really 14, and I, and I was made to leave home because for no reason on my own, it was economical, and I had to restart a life in a whole nother city from Michigan all the way to Chicago, and try to learn to navigate how to get around the city, how to go shopping, how to get food for myself, how to do all the things that I needed to be able to do for myself and self. And then at that time, stay in line what I thought that we I needed to be doing as a child, you know, things that a child's supposed to be doing. And at the same time, having to have grown up roles and no guidance, no nothing and not being able to deal with the anger and not even understand, not even knowing that I was actually mad or angry. But life was right. coming at me so fast that I didn't even have a chance to digest the fact that I was hurting and I was angry. And not having an outlet was even worse. And and so, but when God comes in there and puts you on a journey and and says, I'm going to protect you and I'm going to keep you and sustain you. I remember looking on being on this corner and saying, you know what? One of these days I'm going to be part of the real world. (laughs) I never forget that. And, And so I was looking at the cars coming and going and I, and, and the fact that I was on the bus and, I would have to look at landmarks to see was I on the right bus route. I'm riding all the way downtown Chicago. Uh, (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Cooking my own meals, raising myself, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to navigate what I'm supposed to be eating (laughs) and not eating, trying ashamed to tell people that I have been done this way. So all of us have a journey. And this is one of the first times that I really shared this publicly. It's the very first time, but sometimes you don't know what you, what's going to come out because uh, Tracy said to me, what are we going to talk about? I said, we're not, we're going to just talk like we having a regular conversation between me and you. It's not going to be scripted. Tracy, believe me. She said, huh? I said, no, it's, it's, we're going to talk like we on the phone. Like we just talked, and I, I could, and I just needed to see if I could get a good 45-minute conversation out of her on the phone. And if I could get a good 45-minute meaningful conversation, we had a podcast episode. And we did. And I just got her to talking, and she relaxed, and we started talking. And that's how we're talking now. She, Tracy's on her phone, but I beamed her into my studio, and we're really having a conversation that we're being open, honest, and we're sharing about how we got, we didn't tell you everything, but we told you the foundation <laughs> of what got us on the journey to where we are today. And that shows you, we want to help get you on your journey. Right, Tracy? Yeah, we don't have enough time for everything. We need a lot of, a lot of different episodes. <laughs> we don't need, we probably will need about, uh, we probably going to need a month or two or three or four, we're probably going to need six months worth of podcasts to do all of telling all these stories. But those are our stories and every, those, those are our own stories. It's not important about our stories. What's really important is helping you to define your story, understand your story, get your story out of you so you can actually thrive and survive without stomaching emotions, without operating consciously, but subconsciously you're suffering. And that's what we want to help you do. That's it. Tracy, I'm going to let you close the show. It's on you. (laughs) Well, first of all, just um, again, thank you for the opportunity to share my passions, uh, my book, 
uh, portions of my journey with your audience. And, you know, I would leave them with what I mentioned early in the conversation, that it really comes down to self-honesty as the foundation. If you're willing to do that work of being honest with yourself, you can fly from there. As long as we build on that with courage, confidence, and resilience. That's right. We all can build the careers and lives that we love as long as we walk in our authenticity and embrace our authentic voices. Exactly. Good job. Good job. I just want to uh, say thank you. And Tracy has successfully closed our podcast. I think she's a beautiful coach, a beautiful person inside and out. And with that being said, we're going to we about to vacate these seats. If you want more of Tracy, you know how to get in touch with her. You can also re-listen to the podcast, back it up, and her contact information is there. As always, you know how to get in contact with me, www.auspiciouswellness.com. You can always leave an email there for me, a contact information if you want coaching, or you can, you know, basically that's that's my whole platform. And so we also have the e-learning platform as well. But I come into that platform and coach. So you won't ever just be left out there and getting information. I will contact you and coach with you as well and let you know how many coaching sessions I want to give to you. And that's my blessing to you for you coming in. But I know everyone can't afford a lot. And right now we all need to pitch in and chip in however we can. And that's my way of doing it. It's not my normal um pricing for one-on-one coaching, but I'm going to give as much as I can without taking away from the other businesses that my husband and I share. Um, So with that being said, we're going to vacate these seats and have a good week. And we are definitely out of here.